0: Spin, 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 spin. The, fella. the fella in the grain on my
1: short. The fella in the grain on my short. Keep the good man on the
0: bench Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself Roy Shanahan From thebigkickoff.com it's Nathan Doyle And joining us tonight it's Mr David Buggle now this evening, Dundalk faced Moulder in the first game of the Europa League group stage in Tallaght and unfortunately went down two goals to one in a game they may feel that they let an opportunity slip. Nathan, this was definitely a game of two halves for Dundalk after a promising first half performance.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, as you said, come out again feeling a bit disappointed. Even ourselves, any time we've uh, been looking at the group that Dundalk are in, we've said that, uh, Molde are probably the team that he'll most certainly get something from and especially starting uh, the fourth game in the group in Ireland was a good opportunity to get them off the mark and like the first half they can't fuck them at all they would a much better side in the first half I thought Molde were really off completely and like without Dundalk doing that and too too major like I thought hope was quite up top but they got a lot of uh, chances out Wyatt with Sean Gannon and uh, Daryl Leahy delivering in decent crosses but I don't know what the Molday they had at a half time but it certainly worked they came out a much more aggressive team they came out just over flooding the midfield and really caught problems on side
0: Yeah Dave with plenty of good play and possession in good areas from Dundalk their end product in the final third was pretty poor but with the exception of one which led the Sean Murray's opening goal Yeah uh, I, as I told you
1: before the game I watched it on BT T four just to see what written difference in relation to commentary it turned out it was Paul Dempsey and Jim Beglin And literally just before the goal, uh, he gave Mountney the kick of the the, the commentator's kiss of death where he said, uh he's doing the job, but you know, they're lacking somebody with it who's a bit of a playmaker. Somebody who can pick out a pass. literally ten seconds later Mountney put in a beautiful ball for Maurice to put away and a uh, typical commentator of course, but uh, yeah, great goal, like a great finish, just a good solid professional finish. Um and it was a uh, kind of couple of extra passes that you want and then great little one two and then a lovely ball and and shock defendant. For um, Spartan Murray right in the middle no one around them and a nice little finish into the far post there with the keeper but as I said very funny listening to Begley and them to come there
0: of course Nathan in the first half I thought Chris Shields Murray slugged worked hard limiting Molder to long range shots really and they made Hussein and, and Ekram drop into their own half looking for the ball and that suited Dundalk just fine didn't it?
2: Yeah he looked very comfortable throughout the whole of the fourth half uh, like the guys you mentioned in the, the midfield, without doing anything spectacular, they made it really hard and they made it. Do- sorry, Molde only had scraps of the walk, really, as you said. A lot of it was out from launch shots outside the box and a couple of set pieces. But besides that, Molde had very little opportunity. I think the closest he came was a shot outside the box, wasn't it? About mm. so 20 yards out and it just about went wide. So that was really the main of the, the bulk of the chances for them. And like I said, I thought uh, Holden was pretty quiet, especially in the fourth half, but they still, just, they, they seem to sort of over, override the midfield a little bit and the two, the two fullbacks for Dundalk really did cause problems down the down the, uh, the wings.
0: Yeah, I think most of those passes were coming from in front of the Dundalk midfield where they were pinging 35-yard balls out to Gannon's side who struggled a little bit and of course uh, there was a couple of times where they, they could have got in, they didn't get in, because they did defend well in the end, but there were last-ditch ones, but it was a warning for the second half.
2: Yeah, it really was. Uh, I think, yeah, like you said, Gannon for me was a little bit of outmatched uh, with, with pace. I thought Garland I times kind of covered them well in the first half, and he got away with it a little bit, but uh, Molde really upped the pressure, and he really ramped up the, the physicality, I thought, as well, in the second half. and. It was just unlucky for Dundalk. I thought probably after the 90 minutes, maybe the best team won. But if he could just, if, if he just took the foot off the gas a little bit, I guess he couldn't really put it down to fitness and get into the season now, you know. But um, he just really keep, couldn't keep up the pressure and keep up Um, just even passing the ball. It was, it was a lot slower in the second half. He couldn't get it out of feet as quick as he wore, and he couldn't really get it away as quick as he was doing it. And, it's, it's all credit to they Did come out a much
0: better side in the second half? One thing I noticed, and it was slightly concerning at the time when I was looking at at the start of the second half, and I was probably right to be concerned, Sean M- Murray won a free kick just inside Mulder's half on the left-hand side. It was about the 46th minute, I think. And Leahy stood over the ball. And instead of looking forward to push back the Molde team into their half... He turned around and played the ball back forty yards to Gartland on the edge of the box, and then it made its way back to Rogers inside the Dundalk penalty box. So, Dave, it made me think about what the team talk was at half time, and from what transpired in the half, it seemed to me that it may have been a containing message just to consolidate.
1: Absolutely, um, because as much as as, as as it was obvious that it was a. Uh, Molde obviously got the, the, the hair dryer treatment. It's a, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that that was the prime example. Literally, you're forcing it in. Instead of stamping your claim and trying to force their. You're, you know you're going to get a reaction from a side who, in theory, are supposed to be a better side than you. Um, and you know you're going to get a reaction as soon as the force are as soon as the second half kicks off. So uh, the early signs, and as you said, from that pretty quick you kind of do worry, and you're right to worry. So as much as Molde came out quite strong, there was that as you said, a sense of yeah, what we have, we hold to an extent. Or let's keep it nice and simple. The first five or ten minutes, don't give them anything uh, to fight for. Kind of thing. It was yeah, it was a bad indicator, obviously, how the second half played out. But once Maldad got their backs up, it was it was going to be a tough. It was going to be a tough second
0: half. Do you think Nathan mentioned that there? He didn't think it was tiredness. Do you think the efforts of the first half? drained the legs f- for the second half or was it just that they tried to consolidate and were disorganised in doing that?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose what you have to say as well there's, there's a bit of a, the element of the, of the opposition as well because this side came uh, with a great came off the back of a great result against the league leaders at the weekend and as Jim Beglin kind of said, and it's the guys that were talking, Like sometimes you can be a bit leggy. Sometimes it can be a bit of a, a slow starter and, and matches catch up on you. But in fairness to them, they got going in the second half and it was an element of, let's be honest, a better opposition, unfortunately. And they kind of came to the fore just as much as Dundalk probably had a game plan in the second half. They probably got scrapped a little bit with the with um, the good, strong 15th, 15, first 15th, 15 minutes start in that second half to really consolidate the mould. And then they took control. So then... Obviously Dundalk had to rip up whatever they were going to go with, so I don't really think they got a chance to do whatever their game plan was in the second half, regardless of whether their legs were there or not. Because, in fairness, they they finished quite strong, and obviously with the five subs, you can kind of get away with your team being leggy because you have five fresh players to come on in the second half. So the the legginess you can kind of hide that a little bit if you're making the right uh, right substitutions.
0: Yeah, I think one of the points that was made that maybe Dundalk made their changes a little bit too late.
1: Yeah, 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 100%. Um, Because as soon as they got the second goal, molded, they sat back and um, they were quite happy and I think they were quite comfortable going, yeah, they won't break us now. And obviously, the doc had a few chances and you could see them getting a little bit tense in one or two of the things they were doing and some of the paths were getting a bit sloppy. But that's down to obviously trying to force the game. But uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that to an extent because there was one or two guys obviously who looked like because like, they could bench that, uh, um, Dundalk, and it was very funny because as Dempsey and Beglin did a good job in I keep hanging on about this, they, they were doing a good job and they seem to know what they're talking about. But it was so obvious Dundalk went to a back three, but Beglin went on about Athena, oh, they're giving up and they're con- con- containing what we have, and like they don't want to get hammered. And you're kind of going, they're obviously playing three at the back and two wing backs, they're going more attacking. And then eventually they kind of copped onto it and they tried to just slot it in like it meant nothing in the commentary a couple of minutes later. Then it was it was weird.
0: The goals, Dave, from the first goal, which was a great goal, really. They were. Pr- Dundalk, I thought, didn't press very well. I thought they sat on the edge of the box as they as Molder passed around probably 10 yards or 15 yards outside it. But they did work it and they were slow to get out. Anytime they they, they were getting out, the Mulder players had got the ball under their feet first touch and out and gone away from them before they could get near them. So it, it was very, I thought it was a very sluggish press that they were putting on. But maybe it was a tired press but they didn't press quick enough they didn't they gave them the opportunity to pick their passes and that really cut them out and I just thought on the on the left hand side leahy and Duffy got caught out really badly for uh for when the ball came in for the cross now th- the goal was a great goal it was a great volley but the cross that came in it was two against two on the on the left hand side and and the two of them were marking one man
1: yeah um very sluggish. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I suppose that's where the point is—is is, is that what's the crack? Is that they're a bit leggy? But once again, you know, I—I I think as much as we're going to focus on Dundalk, you need to focus on the fact that this is a side that came alive in the second half and showed what they're really like. And as he said, it was a good—it was a good volley, but it would have been interesting to see where exactly it was going to end up. It was hard to tell from the angle behind them because it obviously took a deflection off Gannon. and so it was hard to tell whether it was going straight down the barrel towards Rogers or 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 was it gonna go down the opposite to the opposite post it was tough to tell. But that's where you see this happen a lot when you have a not necessarily uh a the week or so, but when that mentality comes in of sitting back forward and further, you know, you don't really you're telling yourself to get going and you don't and as I said, a bit flat footed for that. And it was quite too, it was too easy, as you said, for the ball to come in for, I can't think of the guy's name, um, no, hussein's uh, Bali.
0: Yeah, I, I think Dundalk are a team who like to attack, like to keep possession of the ball, like to press teams back. And it's very hard to turn around then for, you know, a full half a game and, and, and consolidate and yeah. when you're not used to doing that all the time, so... You, you get, maybe give them benefit of that but still I thought those, uh, the disappointing aspects of I thought they could have done things better uh, I under- totally understand that uh, Mould has stepped it up and more a completely different side in the second half but I do also think that uh, Dundalk the, your team always contributes in some way to what way they play as well Nathan the second goal was a penalty it was a cheap penalty to give away but that made it 2-1. I, I was disappointed with Duffy's performance overall. You're expecting more from him, expecting something to, you know, a bit of excitement from him, you know, to open teams up. And it just made me notice something about them, Doc. that it really lacks pace going forward. There's no threat. And, and especially if you're sitting back, if you don't have pace, you're not going to counter attack, and you're going to just be stuck inside your half for the whole half.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that was, like you said, that was very evident uh, in the second half. And I agree with you, I was uh, disappointed by myself. Duffy tonight, these are the games, like for me, Duffy's probably the, the second best player in the league uh, this season, but well, just in general, he's a fantastic player. And these are usually the games that you want these guys to step up and show that little bit of extra class. Like for example, for me, I thought Jack Bourne had a very good game against AC Milan a while ago. So you're yeah, looking at guys like Duffy to, re- to really deliver and really bring some to these games. And it just didn't happen at all. And it was I wasn't surprised to see him getting taken off. And like I said before about uh, Hoban being quiet today, and obviously you can always look at the player and want that kind of player do more. But a guy like Hoban needs pace with him. He needs support. He needs somebody helping him out. And as you said, just the counter just wasn't there today at all. And it really could have been on in the second half because Dundalk would just push back as far as he could go. So if they could got a little weight and delivered the ball up to Duffy or whoever, and uh, Mountley, I believe it was, on the right hand side, they could have quickly, and they, all of a sudden, he could have had uh, a 3-2 situation or something uh, for Dundalk, but it just didn't happen at all, and it just never really looked like he had much pace going forward, and much, much like not gas in the tank, but there was just very little to really offer, even in the last 10 minutes, uh, Dundalk finished strongly, as Dave said, but all of it was just like crosses into the box, and, their
0: pieces and things like that He never looked overly dangerous Yeah I I might sound like I'm being critical but maybe it's more disappointment out of what you feel that Dundalk could have got out of the game and just shows there was a couple of weaknesses there that got shown up and that's going to happen when you're in a Europa League or you get into a Champions League your weaknesses are always shown up by teams who have stronger players you know the bigger teams but it, it'll be very interesting Dave when Rapid Vienna and Arsenal uh, come to Dublin and and vice versa when they go across uh, the water to England and and into Europe. How Dundalk go about and their task because it's it's not going to be easy. And would you would you agree no. that realistically? And I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, you 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 know you you're gonna get Rapid Vienna on not such a great day and and you can get something out of games. Yeah. But would you agree that maybe the Moulder tie? back uh, over there is the one that you're still probably looking at to see if you can get something over,
1: yeah ultimately that's what i I say still wrap at the end maybe here on the basis of a bit like molder just come over, get a bit of a slow start on dark Saturday a bit similar to today, but obviously finish it off but Arsenal, Arsenal you just hope they rest a lot of players and then they just get the job done and if they bring their 18, you'd be a bit fearful, let's face it, because they yeah, are, they're a ball, but let's not mess about. Um, so I suppose, in relation to Arsenal, it's just enjoy the experience, enjoy being in the Emirates, enjoy playing some of these guys who you potentially support and watch week in, week out. But with a bit of luck, Arteta knows who he's up against and realises he can kind of maybe play a, a, a League Cup side, uh, so to speak, with a few changes and then. Rapid Vienna. I'd say Rapid Vienna home and then obviously uh, the Malton way game with a bit of luck. We can pick up a few bits and pieces. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It, no. it's, a, it's a tougher group than what would have been before. It'll be very interesting.
0: Yeah, Nathan, with the cr- no crowds there, a, a game like today would have been perfect. Go one 0 up into the second half, that the fans drive you on a little bit more. It's probably that little bit harder to kick on in these games, and vice versa. now, when you go away to Vienna, when you go away to against Molder they're not going to have the crowds there either so you're kind of hoping that they can pick something out of them games
2: Yeah it's um, it really goes against the home teams as you said like today um, especially in the second half some dark look which you really could have done with the push and you know yourself like, just being in the crowd that's, that's the crepe of the crowd of not yet it takes one good tackle or one moment to get the home crowd up on their feet and all of a sudden the players tails are up and they're enthusiastic but it's it's yeah, just the way it is now, really. It's, um, they're just hoping, like you said, they can fall on the, on the other foot now when uh, Dundalk do go to these places. Hopefully that they, they have the same uh, the same impact because it's just a shame to see such big, big occasions like this. It would have been... Coach would celebrate, probably would have sold out tonight in Palace Stadium. would have been a great uh, occasion for Dundalk and for the League of Ireland in general. It's not that often that we see sort of get into uh, group stages uh, lately. So it really is an, an aspect that's missing, and it's, it's something that
0: really could have pushed Dundalk on today, especially in the second half of the set. A defeat, nonetheless, but again, you never really lose. You learn, and hopefully Dundalk go on now and uh, learn from this and can take points off the others in the group. Uh, they're certainly giving us something to look forward to. Anyhow, I couldn't wait to go home and see the game today. So yeah, it, they're certainly giving us something to look forward to. Okay, Nathan. The FAI finally released a statement regarding the end of season, uh, regarding the positive COVID cases that are building up and the games being called off. What did that statement say?
2: Yeah, thankfully, it's, um, we've been living in fear a little bit um, of like, will with the season finish, will what will happen? Going to happen because we've seen plenty of stories. We've seen teams like Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians, and Hearts Galway, just to name a few, all being affected by. Positive cases or close contact cases, but uh, thankfully we got a statement. Uh, but the FPI have been lengthy; not going to read it all out. And a lot of it is regarding underage teams. But regarding um, the Premier Division, Fourth Division, and the Women's National League, they are permitted to continue playing and training. With the, uh, the Premier Division set to finish up on the 8th of November, and the Fourth Division set to finish up on the 27th of October. And obviously the FIO Cup is still going to go ahead really, because I think it's the way for Real, and that the, the your, your country's national cup has to go ahead, and that quarter quarterfinal will go ahead as planned on the fourteenth of November.
0: Dave. Former Liverpool starlet Tom Brewer has admitted to intentionally injuring then teammate Dan Cleary, who played tonight, to take him out of contention of an FA Cup tie. In an extraordinary interview, the ex-Reds youth team player told how he cleared out the Irishman in training to ensure he wouldn't be in contention for a place in the team. What can you tell us about this bizarre admission?
1: Yeah, it was a. I don't I, I, no, disrespect the podcast, but a, a, it's a UK podcast where he was on. I, I'm sure, obviously, it's big enough that we were talking about it. But when you first heard, I'm like, if you say this out loud? Is this something that you want to be admitting? Or then you kind of think, Right, is he trying to stay relevant? Is he trying to get into the headlines? Because if that's the case, well, then that's the right type of story. And then you kind of scratch your head a little bit, and then you kind of say to yourself. I wonder if you did a kind of a silent survey would there be more? Um, Because it is incredibly cutthroat at that level to try and get into senior squads and plus when you're at somebody like Liverpool you know you make it into the first team you win the lottery you don't just get to play football but you win the lottery as well with the money and you wonder to yourself is there a bit of that that goes on a bit more than we think Now that doesn't mean I agree with him but I just would like to know is that I'm sure it doesn't. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen in every team, but I'm sure he's not the only person to have ever done it. But um, it, it's just phenomenal to hear. But how flippant he was about it! Like he said, he wasn't ashamed, and yeah, he he said he lost a friendship, but it was very nonchalant how he was like, "Yeah, I, I've no problem admitting I did it. I've no problem admitting that uh, I ruined a friendship. No problem admitting that I I did it purely for my own reasons." And it was like, "I'm not sorry." And that was what was most sad about it. And ironically, as far as I know, I think he's back involved at Liverpool in the coaching setup if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, because so he, he was at point. he was at Markham. He was let go by Markham, so he he, he was without yeah. a club.
1: Yeah, so I just it just beggars belief where he thinks he was I just don't get why he did it. Like he's not coming off in the best of light and uh fair play to Daniel Cleary, he, he, he was it was at those who those who blow out your candles don't shine any brighter. And I was like, yeah, fair play. I don't know where you pulled that out of the bag, but credit where credit's due. Um, <laughs> and he came back <laughs> He came back with a response on the Athletics this morning. Uh, there was an interview with himself, and I had a good read of it, and he talked about his own career a little bit. We can go into that in a minute if you want to stick to the blue apart. But um, I just don't... I, I If I could ask him a question going, where do you think this is going to be a good thing for yourself? Um, because I just don't get it. Um, I not. I'm not shocked, shocked that something like that has happened at some stage in elite football. But to come out and think it's okay to talk as he did afterwards and not have real much shame or much kind of regret is, is is what I really beggars belief.
0: Yeah, Nathan. Sometimes and probably most of the time, ourselves don't realise that they're ourselves. Um, <laughs> In the, in this case, I've always said it. Whatever your personality is on a football pitch, is more than likely what your personality is off a football pitch. It's a mirror image, you know. If you're if you're lazy on a pitch, you're more than likely lazy off the pitch. Uh, you know, if you if you give everything for a team, you're loyal to a team. You know, you're more than likely that type of person. This doesn't say a lot for this fella does it? No, it
2: doesn't at all, and I I, I can't claim to know this guy but just by reading really his quotes and having a quick listen he does sound like a bit of an arsehole like mm-hmm. I agree with Dave, this something when this goes on, you know, like it's such a cultural sport and especially at such a high level. But uh, even in the same podcast he went on to say that um, he's delighted for people that he's played with, someone like Joe Gomez he mentioned that he was a good yeah. friend. But he reckons he's still a better defender than Joe Gomez. <laughs> like so he, do, he he doesn't doesn't like no the, the guy, I don't know. Him. It could be the, it could be a nice I wonder if he know
1: people are gonna hear this.
2: Like <laughs> like like, I, like when I start reading all this, I'd be like could that be like was what, three talking now and me saying something absolutely ban of order but forgetting that like we're we'll recording and somehow get yeah. it. But he he actually sat down and like I said like didn't make any, any crams about it, I like, didn't say, Jesus, you know what, I felt bad, It I felt bad, but uh, it's, like, like, I'm looking at the coach here and he's just saying, oh yeah, like I waited uh, a split second too long and absolutely popped him, I went over the ball, it was a bad tackle, I knew it was a bad tackle, I did it on purpose, like, there's like, there nobody, nobody saying like me, oh mate maybe you don't say that like on earth like, I'm, I'm, I'm understand the party probably goes on more than you think but you're not going to look good especially a guy that's out of, out of contract and isn't playing with a club at the moment this isn't going to make good reading for potential clubs looking to bring the guy going in No I'm,
0: I'm I'm fairly sure he probably doesn't have too many mates uh, and he probably won't have now <laughs> after all this we won't go into Dan Cleary's thing Dave we might go on to that again another time or actually maybe we will Give us a brief indication of what that uh, interview was like.
1: He stayed very clear away from it. He just kind of... He, he's obviously taken the higher road and obviously with his quotes that he said from last week and something similar. But it was a very interesting look on on a, a brief, like the career that it was looking like it was going down the right path. Rogers was showing the right... Um, uh, he was looking like he was in favour and he was going into one or two of the pre-seasons and then he was starting to come up to Melwood a hell of a lot more than than usual and it was getting more and more common. And then typical, Rodgers goes, Klopp comes in and he said right from early on he kind of had that feeling that he won't be up in Melwood for too long and wasn't. And then obviously what happened with was happened and, and the injuries came and he was kind of gone. He was up, his, career, his contract was up, long story short. They offered him a year. He said, no, I need to go and play football. Went to Birmingham, same thing, started to build up the relationship with Gary Rowett starting to go up, looking like he was about to start getting into the size of this and Rowett gets the sack, he's back at, the, back at the square one again and uh, ends up back at home and went on trial at Rovers and then went up to Dundalk and Dundalk came in with the offer and he hasn't looked back since, he hasn't seen his family for five or six years really consistently and now he's back home, back enjoying his football again and any of the guys who seem to come back off, he'd say the same thing, they they love football again because it it, it must be a very sterile, very um, I don't know, lack of heart, I suppose, at that level. You really need to have a have a, have a thick skin to survive the early years by the sounds of it in, in 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 the league football.
0: And all the best to him. I think you can make a good career out of football here. Now the levels in, in, increase, and all the time it's proven tonight. You know, so uh, yeah, it's not a bad place to to play your football. Hopefully, and I say it week in and week out. Hopefully. You know, people start putting pressure on the government, start putting a bit of money into these clubs and into the infrastructure. The GAA get so much money. It's ridiculous. Stadiums that are being built and uh, the large participated sport in Ireland uh, gets, you know, the the, the head is torn to cold shoulder. Okay, uh, Nathan, there was a couple of moves that were interesting. Yes, yeah, the main one for
2: me, and I think for a lot of people, was uh, Darrell O'Connor. We talked about him uh, last week, the last show that uh, he was obviously let go by Cork City, somewhat surprisingly. He's, uh, he's a cracking, cracking young player, only 23, and he just wasn't really getting into the team this season with Cork, which is surprising because we said so many times on the show that Cork was just crying out for a bit of quality. But he got his mouth. It's uh, been officially announced that he's going to play for Cliftonville up in Northern Ireland, up with the, uh, the NIFL Premiership which it only kicked off uh, this weekend, just gone. And Cliftonville won their opening game to beat Glen Thorne 1-0. So it's um probably a bit of a, a bit of a surprising. People were saying that he was in talks to join Bohemians to possibly re- re- replace Chris Twardek, who, who recently left for Poland. But probably didn't want to wait around until the new season. He went up, up to Northern Ireland and he could start playing football right away. He'll join former League of Ireland players like uh, Richard Bush and Brian Curran, who are currently playing up at Cliftonville. So uh, best of luck to him, Dreena, but Fittonville um, finished 4th last season in the league, 10 points off the top, so it's a decent enough standard for the guys if you going to play.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things with the League of Ireland, as you said there, the off-season is here and not everyone gets paid a 52-week contract in the League of Ireland and there's a lot of 40, 42 week contracts and you, you probably have to sign on then for, for those weeks in between so maybe that's what's uh, triggered that move then to uh, up the north so yeah best of luck to them right you have a couple of fans questions
2: I do and as always thanks very much anybody listening in that did send the questions um, as, as every week we're trying to get different people different names so keep sending them in to any of our social media platforms, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can get yourself, Nathan Doyle, and any of them. And just send them in. Keep them coming. Uh, we've got two good today, lads, I have to say. Uh, a first one is from Kevin Gilroy. And Kevin let us know that a guy called Sam Cortis made his debut uh, for Shamrock Rovers B, starting a left-back in the first division. And he's only 14 years of age. And Kevin wants to know, is that too young for a player to be playing at this level?
0: do you say Shamrock Rovers B yeah it. two.
2: It's, one two. One. it's two it's official it's official
0: okay Dave what's your thoughts on that yes end
1: up <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yes yeah. hey, when you've got an under 19 side and an under 17 side and you're coming down to here I, I, I'm a bit skeptical because it's, I'm going to have a similar opinion to when we talked about the. I can't think of the guys for as Evan Evan Ferguson, I suppose. Yeah. Is his first Evan? Yeah. And I'd have a similar opinion to that. Uh, I'm a bit skeptical that it's just purely for his development. I'd say it's for the development of, of Rovers and potentially the Coppers. if he's potentially a new hot prospect and there's a bit of an interest. The team is it to try and bang the drum and let them know hey look who we have have a look and don't get me wrong somebody can put me in place and tell me I'm talking out and be proverbial but that's the feeling I get when I hear stuff like this because when you have 19s and 17s yet you're going down to the 15s to to get a guy playing I don't know it says either your other teams aren't great or more importantly is it a bit of a shop window thing to, to make a few quid in the next year or two and that's the feeling I get when I hear stuff like this
0: Yeah what's your own opinion Nathan?
2: Um, yeah, much as Dave. I thought it was a bit too young for me. Look, credit where it's due to the young lad. Nobody can take this away from the yeah. younger kids. But it's very young. But considering that Shamrock Rovers have a, um, have a, like a strong uh, youth infrastructure, they have a lot of underage. So, and it's also a little bit unfair on guys that he's coming up against. Like the fourth division has a whole host of experienced players. So if one of them lads, you know, like in his late twenties, early thirties, goes in and tackles this lad like he's much more physically mature you could easily break break the lad's leg and you're going to feel terrible like that you know if you're the guy to break the the leg of a 14 year old for example it's just a bit too early in his development for me I have to say
0: Okay Dave what about the old saying of uh, if you're good enough you're old enough
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah we usually say that about 17, 18, 19 year olds who are already kind of fairly solid and uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's easy to say that but I don't know, like I said, it's just it's just something I have. I haven't seen him, I didn't see any photos of him, I presume he's maybe bigger than what you think he is, but it's just I don't know. I I'm not I'm I'm very sceptical of it because I just don't know. I'd love to see see what he looks like, but as you say, fourteen years of age playing out and yeah, like the big, the big he, boys he's, he's
2: don't pretty, do it, boys should be doing it? He's fairly skinny have to say, like looking at photographs. Like he's he fourteen but he's not gonna be yeah. he's not gonna be unbelievably built. Like he's, he's only he's only that a stan- he's teenager. He's still growing, Yeah, he's what you think a fourteen old would look like, you know. He, he, he wouldn't he's not yeah. very bulky or you know, anything. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Now
0: yeah.
1: look, the guy the guy could have skills the law and good look to him mm. in person, um, but it just I'd be a bit weary about what the intentions of the club.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm I think I am along the same lines. I do think probably 14 is there's a few of them have done it now and I do think a 14 is probably a little bit too young. As you said Nathan, I think it's a good valid point that you know if he does get injured you know it's, it's on the head of the manager because you really have to make sure he's alright that he's physically able to get around maybe he is maybe he is I haven't seen the, the player but uh, yeah it, it might be a little bit too young but no doubt if, if, if they're putting him out at 14 he's technically obviously able to play he obviously has a decent brain so he's obviously going to be a, a good player but there may be that aspect of we'll put him in the shop window so okay second question
2: Second question is from a guy called Colin Gibbons and I think this seems to be in relation Gibbo. with the room <laughs>
0: Gibbo Yeah, I wanted to shout that out <laughs> right. go on then, you know.
1: I mean, <laughs> actually
2: here's a more serious question do you call him Gibbo or Colin? what do you go with I'd go with a Gibbo well, I, I like Gibbo Colin yeah I like a G- Gibbo he's going mad him. at home it's Colin Gibbons <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's
2: madly he's, he's madly next week <laughs> his name's Colin like sh- <laughs> but yeah I think th- I think this question seems to be in relation to uh, the rumours of Robbie King becoming the new LA Galaxy manager so uh, Colin or uh, uh, Gibbo as he's now dubbed wants to know uh, which former
1: Irish international made the best transition into management
0: Dave shoot your thoughts
1: uh, when I first read the question earlier instinctively now obviously you need to think a bit more uh, but instinctively I, I don't know why I just straight to Chris Hughes. I just always like the jobs he's done. I think he obviously got let go one or two clubs too early and I genuinely believe we're gonna see him leading our sides out in the Aviva, not, not hopefully not too not too soon, but uh I for one would definitely love to see him be an early manager, maybe even after Kenny. I've always liked the way the teams he plays, I like the way he goes about himself. Um and obviously a lot of especially when he was even the coach at sports, a lot of the, the top top players had a lot of uh, great things to say about him in a session so that
0: was my instinct was to go with Chris Hewton yeah my Steve Staunton I thought first game was amazing I
1: can't
0: remember (laughs) the other games (laughs) Uh, no it's it's like Dave the first thing comes into your head is Chris Hewton because in, in all fairness I always thought and and I know people will totally disagree, but I always thought that Roy Keane did a really good job. As in, I thought he did brilliant for them getting them out at Sunderland out of from the the bottom of the championship. I think it was four or five games in to get them promoted. To get them into mid-table, and I know he left then, and even at Ipswich, look at Ipswich, they're a disaster. And to keep them maintained, I always thought he did an okay job. I, I think because Roy Keane is so critical of everyone, everyone's so critical of Roy Keane. And... He, he's probably nearly on a loser on the manager saying if he doesn't get everything right because of the standards that he set on everyone else everyone else in the managerial sense is setting on him so I've always thought he did a, a, a decent job I, I thought he was better than people made out I suppose look Mick McCarthy Mick McCarthy's always been good. He's been solid. he's done good jobs with the Irish team, but with Wolves he was he was I thought he was excellent with Wolves and I just thought he was a little bit unlucky. To, he, I don't know how many promotions he got with them, but again, Mick McCarthy has done well. Uh, Nathan, who 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 have you got in your head? Yeah,
2: it seems to be a full health uh, of Chris You and like like yourself, like I usually answer these questions with the fourth person that comes to mind. And yeah, for i it was with and I don't know why Dave O'Leary popped popping the head straight after. Oh, David, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's, I know Dave was more of a short term, like like it doesn't have the longevity of probably your your McCarthy's and uh, your your Hewins, your Chris Ewans, But um, yeah, Dave's gonna take with you, and all go with Dave O'Leary, then just to make three different answers. Obviously, he's done very well with Leeds, you know. It then went on to Aston Villa, and where's really the end of Aston Villa? Went
0: to my ma, didn't he? Him, didn't yeah he went out to one of the sunny sandy places I think didn't um, he? Yeah I think it
2: was, oh God out in Dubois that's where it
0: was yeah. Was that the first oh, sunny uh, sandy place you could think of? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah we'll just
0: straight away yeah Dubois have one of them places
2: just, No just yeah, say yeah. boy. be confident <laughs> be
0: confident yeah okay will I think we'll leave it there on, on that note uh, again unlucky for Dundalk tonight and we're really looking forward to the next uh, set of games and just to see how they get on. Uh, Listen, if they go, if they lose all six games and and they put up a performance like they did today for somewhat of the game, uh, people would be happy. But I definitely think that there is, uh, there's a result or maybe two in in them and let's hope they can do that. Uh, Nathan, thanks very much for coming on again. Uh, David, that was your, your your first League of Ireland one. Hopefully we'll get you on again for a, a, a few more. Uh, thanks very much.
1: Take care.